so glad you've joined us on the ERLC podcast to explore how the Bible addresses important cultural issues pertaining to life, religious liberty, marriage and family, and human dignity, and how we can walk in wisdom for God's glory and for the flourishing of our neighbors. If you're enjoying this podcast and find it helpful, please leave a review wherever you listen. This will help more people find and benefit from what we're learning together. We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. Welcome to the ERLC Podcast. On this episode, we're discussing cultural engagement. When my last album came out a couple years ago, I was doing a bunch of interviews. and I love doing interviews with Christian outlets, but I also love interviews with mainstream outlets, especially hip-hop sites and magazines, because they're always very confused at the concept that I'm a devout Christian. I love Jesus. I read the Bible, and I think it's all true, and I love hip-hop, and I'm kind of good at it. That, that's too much for their minds. Christians often find it difficult to engage the brokenness in our culture. At the ERLC National Conference, pastor and rapper Trip Lee simply calls us to the task of being faithful in public. Let's listen in now. My name is Tripp. Uh, I am a, uh, a rapper and a pastor in Atlanta. I have a wife and two kids. And I would usually say more, but that's all I'm going to say because I only have 15 minutes. So giving a preacher 15 minutes is like, you know, telling Russell Moore he can only write one think piece a year. It's unjust. <laughs> and it's also unrealistic. But I'm going to go ahead and start and we'll see how close we get. Uh, I want to talk about engaging culture, which is a buzz phrase that we hear a lot, that Christians like to talk about a lot. And what I want to do as I talk about it is I want to demystify the whole concept uh, just a little bit. When people think about engaging culture, what they're normally thinking about is they're thinking about some grand scheme, some huge, innovative, earth-shattering thing that regular people can't really do. Right? They think changing the world with the next bestseller. They're thinking about having you know, closed-door meetings with, with world leaders. And while those are good things, when I talk about engaging culture, I have something a little more ordinary in mind. I'm thinking about uh, a friend of mine who's a, who's a teacher in a rough neighborhood at a rough school. And I'll tell you what she does. She, even though it's hard, she goes to work every single day. Uh, She tries to do her job well. She tries to educate her students. She shows them the love of Jesus, tells them about Jesus when she has opportunities to, and she strives to be faithful to Jesus in public. So if there was an alternate kind of title for this, that's what I would call it, being faithful in public. And when I say in public, I'm not just talking about on stages like this or on social media. When I say in public, I mean in our daily lives in front of other people, right, as opposed to just in private. Right, because often our cultural engagement is not going to look like those big grand schemes and those grand plans and campaigns, but really just being faithful to Jesus in the world. 
please do not underestimate what your personal faithfulness can say about the Lord Jesus who saved you. Right? And when we fight for that personal faithfulness, it says the right things about Jesus. So that's my only point, really, is this, that if you want to engage culture, be faithful in public. If you want to engage culture, be faithful in public. Usually when we say culture, we know what we're talking about. We're talking about these shared values and assumptions and worldview that we have and also the stuff that we make. And so when we think about culture, it is a beautiful thing. And if culture is a beautiful thing, why is it that when Christians talk about culture, we're always on the defensive? You must have got that from the culture. Right? Why are we always on the defensive when we talk about it? Why do we need to engage it? And the answer is because culture is as complex as people are. Right? There are good things and there are bad things about every culture. And that reflects the truth about us that we are beautiful creatures made in the image of God but that we're sinful. And here's the thing. The main problem with culture is that all cultures are made by other sinful people. And anytime you put things in the hands of sinners, they go wrong at least just a little bit. And it's the same thing with culture. So what happens is those agreed upon values and assumptions and worldviews, we begin to agree upon godless values and assumptions and worldviews. And then a lot of stuff we make is offensive to God. And so as Christians, we find ourselves in positions where we don't know what to do because our culture doesn't always love our Christ. I know this firsthand as a rapper. Hip-hop is not exactly known for its moral uprightness and robust theology. Why are you laughing? Um, um, instead, it's known for materialism and, and violence and treating women as sexualized props to stand behind men while they look tough. That's what hip-hop is often known for. And as a side note, those things, materialism and violence and misogyny, those are core values of American culture. Hip-hop is just more in your face about it. But that's a side note. Because your faithfulness to Jesus, you know, so, so here's the thing. As a rapper then, I get the opportunity to try to show off Jesus when it's not expected. But because faithful Jesus, because that's not the first thing that people expect from rappers, I'm put in that position where I get to point people to him. And because I've had a little bit of success, I have a platform where I can influence. And so instead of, you know, using that platform to reinforce those ugly things in hip hop, I wanted to paint a different picture. Right. But that's not unique to me because real faithfulness to Jesus is almost never expected in any scenario. So all of us have the opportunity to engage others in unexpected ways. Anytime you see faithfulness to Jesus, it feels unexpected and refreshing. And I assume that everyone here understands that we are to engage culture and not to completely withdraw from it. We'd do better not withdrawing if we'd stop panicking like, oh my gosh, what happened? The world is awful. Have you read Genesis 3? It's been that way for a while. And that doesn't mean that we should withdraw. Withdrawing because our world is broken is like if a contractor went to renovate a home and he was like, man, this house looks terrible. I ain't messing with this. It's like, that's your job. That's, what, that's why you're here. And that's what I want to say to my brothers and sisters sometimes, right? When we act like, oh my gosh, I'm going to just go to my house. It's crazy. That's why the Lord Jesus left us here, right? When he saved us, we didn't immediately ascend to heaven. And it's been clear in scripture that one of the reasons is because he wants us to shine, to engage as light bearers. Scripture doesn't call us 
to, to disengage, right? Uh, scripture calls us to trust in the true light, Jesus. He's called, it's called us to walk in the light, 1 John 1. And it says that we've been made the light of the world and we're to shine it. We're to purposely make sure other people see it, like on purpose, in front of people. Jesus points out lights are no good if they're hidden. Right? It does you no good to turn on your car stereo if you mute it. Right? There's no good in music if nobody can hear it. There's no good in being the light of the world if nobody can see it. God has called us to show it, to display it. And that's very basic Christian teaching that we're supposed to shine our light, but we don't always know how, so we stumble around. And I think here are the, uh, two of the most common approaches we go for under the, the titles of two American heroes, Batman and Iron Man. Stick with me for a second. You got Batman. Batman is very secretive, right? People have no idea that Batman is really the billionaire Bruce Wayne, right? They don't know that that's the same dude who beats up villains at night. And Bruce Wayne, when he's out, he works hard to make sure nobody gets on his trail. He acts crazy, gets drunk, makes sure nobody thinks he's serious, and so nobody knows. And I assume the main thing that keeps it hidden is his grisly bad voice so that no one could possibly tell that those are the same people. And here's the thing, for many of us in this room, people would never know that the person that you would see at a church gathering or at a conference like this is the same person that they see uh, in the halls of the workplace. They would never know. And it's because we work hard, acting like we're secret agents. Like, God, I want to do good things, but nobody can know that it has anything to do with Jesus. Like, oh, I want to work really hard, but let me keep this secret. I don't want anybody to associate that with who I am when they see me. We work really hard. To make sure nobody knows we love Jesus. We sneeze. Somebody's like, bless you. We're like, who told you I was blessed? <laughs> we don't want nobody to know. We don't want anybody to know the, the motivations behind our hard work and integrity. The other approach is the Iron Man approach. Iron Man, he does good things as well. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows every time he goes, that's Tony Stark. And it's because even though he does good things, he does them in such an obnoxious way and brags about it so often that even though he saved the world a few times, everybody hates him <laughs> because he's so obnoxious. Some of us are like that. Not only do we want to do good things, we want all the credit, we want to be arrogant and in your face about it at all times. <clears throat> so obnoxious about it that nobody ever wants to be around us. Somebody may come up to you and be like, hey, how you doing today? Like, how are you going to be doing on the last day when Jesus comes back? Like, <laughs> You can pull it back a little bit, right? That's the Iron Man approach. And those are the two extreme approaches that we're usually tempted towards, being overly secretive or being overly obnoxious. And I just want to say there's another way to engage culture, and that way is being faithful in public. I think we often think, man, our world is getting so much worse, which is debatable. But we say, oh, it's getting so much worse. So we got to come up with new, more grand, more innovative ways to, en to engage it in the show off Jesus. And I'm not saying there's no room for innovation, but I think it means we should more deeply embrace the simple, right? Innovation is fine, but not at the expense of the simple because we overthink it. Think about the way uh, that Paul talks about it. Think about these passages. Paul in 1 Thessalonians, he's commending the Thessalonian church for loving one another. And he says this in chapter 4. He says, for that, is, that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more. 
and to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. Brothers and sisters, that's cultural engagement. Walking properly before outsiders, where our world often walks improperly and without integrity, right? We're called to walk properly and with integrity in public before outsiders, right? He's saying to work hard even so you don't have to depend on other people. That's a good witness when you work hard for your own money and your only interaction with people isn't asking them for money. He's saying that is engaging. First Peter 2, 11 to 12, Peter says this. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. That's cultural engagement, right? It says keep your conduct honorable among them so that when they see that, they'll glorify God. And I'm not saying draw attention to yourself all the time like, hey, everybody watch me being faithful. We're to do it so that God gets the glory. Paul says in Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord. Right? He says, whatever you do, do it for the Lord, for him. And that means all of us, right? Franchise players and role players, moms and cops, rappers and pastors, janitors and secretaries and everything else that we have in here. All of us have been called to do this. Don't underestimate the power of living faithfully in the midst of a chaotic culture. You know, so many people have never seen a Christian actually living faithfully. Have you ever gotten into conversations with people and the mere fact that you love Jesus and you're not insane blows them away? It's like, man, it's like you can think. Like, yes, we have brains, right? The, the Christians that you see in TV shows and on the news are not always the best representation of us all. But even the fact that, you know, we would try to be faithful to our spouses, even the fact that we would try to love our neighbors, sometimes that alone is mind-blowing for people. When my last album came out a couple years ago, I was doing a bunch of interviews, and I love doing interviews with Christian outlets, but I also love interviews with mainstream outlets, especially hip-hop sites and magazines, because they're always very confused at the concept that I'm a devout Christian, I love Jesus, I read the Bible, and I think it's all true, and I love hip-hop, and I'm kind of good at it. That, that's too much for their minds. One interview, you know, I was there to talk about my album, but he just kept asking me about my Christianity. He was just, could not, he was like, okay, you're, you're married. What? I said, when you and your wife are dating, he's like, oh, when you're in the studio, do you smoke weed? Are there, like strippers in the studio? Like, what, do you have rap beef with other Christians? And he had all these questions he couldn't figure out. I wanted to talk about my album, but I was fine to talk about this, right? Because I had the opportunity to say, hey, I'm not a crazy person, right? I'm a dude who loves hip-hop like everybody else, but the Lord Jesus saved me, and it's changed the way that I live, right? And just the witness of me being someone committed to Jesus, faithful to him, faithful to my wife, was enough to make a big impact in that particular situation. In that situation, I'm engaged in culture, not because I'm a rapper, but because I'm being faithful in public spaces, At the end of the day, rappers engage culture in the same way everyone else does by being faithful to Jesus in the midst of a culture where unfaithfulness is celebrated. So when I write songs about marriage instead of womanizing, I'm trying to engage culture. And when I write songs thinking about the many black men who've been killed by police and I say, I think it could have easily been me, I'm trying to engage culture. 
When I write songs about my own suffering, my own health issues, and that even though it feels like I'm losing every day, that I get to share in the victory of Jesus and that gives me hope, I'm engaged in culture. But that's not much different than what I do when I'm not on stage. I'm trying to be faithful. And that means it's the same for you. That engaging culture means fighting for purity in an age when impurity is celebrated. That means fighting for justice in, in a time when injustice is so common and systemic. That means fighting for unity when bigotry goes mainstream. That means loving God and loving your neighbor in public spaces. And one of the things I love about thinking of cultural engagement as being faithful in public is it doesn't in any way mean that a Christian has to be some special person. You have to have some master's level understanding of culture to engage it. You just got to follow Jesus in public. That, that's how we engage it. Some of us have mass influence. Some of us have a more mundane influence. Mass influence, we have a lot of Twitter followers or people read our books or, or whatever, or buy our albums, right? That would be more kind of mass influence. More mundane influence is most everybody in the world where we have neighbors, we have family, we have kids, we have a spouse, right? We have coworkers, and we want to live faithfully. But whatever our influence is, mass or mundane, right? We want to engage by being faithful to Jesus exactly where we are. Another thing I like about thinking of engaging culture as being faithful in public is it helps us to be a little less obsessed with fighting people. When we hear engaged culture, we're like, yeah, I'm trying to pick a fight with somebody who's wrong. But I think it would be more helpful when we think about it as faithfulness, that we're not called to fight more people, we're called to love more people, right? We're not trying to pick fights everywhere we go, and that doesn't mean we got to agree with everybody, but that means even in the midst of disagreements, we interact with Love. We want the love of Christ to drive us. We want to be faithful to him. So we're not out looking for fights with people who disagree with us. We want to love them. We're not trying to fight our gay neighbors. We want to love them. We don't want to look for reasons to hate political leaders. We want to find ways to love them. That's what engaging culture is often going to be. And for the church leaders in this room, we have some of the most important roles because we haven't been called to do all the ministry. We've been called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So that we get an opportunity to equip them to wherever they are, whatever their spheres are, to equip them to be faithful in those public spaces to the glory of Jesus. To remind them you don't have to have a massive platform in order to do this. And it's what all of us have been called to do. Not only to be faithful and public with our actions, but also with our words. We have been called to tell people the actual news of Jesus. It's news that means that people are going to find out about it. They can't watch us. We can't re-interact it. It's news that has to be proclaimed. And that's part of our faithfulness in public spaces. And I'll just close by saying this. Engaging culture isn't always hard. It doesn't always require great gifting. It's all different kinds of people in different places. Some of y'all are introverts like me. Some of y'all are extroverts. Stay away from us, please. <laughs> some of us have massive influence. Some have mundane influence, right? Some of us have great gifts. Some of us don't. Whatever your gifting or wiring, the size of your platform, right, we've been called to do the same thing. And we should not underestimate the power of being faithful to Jesus in public spaces. And there's this growing fear that the church will be left behind and become irrelevant. And I just want you to know that the church being left behind and being irrelevant is impossible, right? The only time our mission will become irrelevant is when Jesus has come back and he's already completed his work. Until Jesus is back and he's completed his work, that means he's still working in us and we still have plenty of work to do. And by God's grace, we also have the weapons to do it. Amen. Amen. Let me pray.
Father, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus, and we thank you, God, for the call to be faithful to him. Give us grace to do that, Father, to do it in a loving way, in a Christ-honoring way. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the ERLC podcast. To subscribe to the podcast and find more information about cultural engagement, visit ERLC.com. And be sure to join us next week when we discuss racial reconciliation 